Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast, a show about discovering the true human potential. Let's dive deep into physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. Writing a book isn't about the actual book because there, there's going to be those obstacles that try and derail you from the actual writing. The key is preserving through the pain of writing every day. The book begins to highlight your emotional deep core wounds in a way that makes you want to quit writing, right? But if you stay on the course, the old beliefs, the old identity of yourself, the negative ways of thinking begin to fall away. And suddenly, a new way of being starts to emerge. This is when the book begins to come alive and write itself. Because in this moment, you aren't writing the book. The book is writing itself as you have this internal transformation. This is the essence of healing through writing. Is your book screaming from the back of your mind? I know mine was. What would happen if your healing journey stopped here and you never got over that final hump? Your regret, remorse from not writing your book was the source of mind-body future disease. I mean, what would you tell your clients if you couldn't work anymore? Go be healed somewhere else? I mean, what would happen if your business failed because you hold yourself back from your highest self? What would it be like if you regretted the book you never wrote and your last thoughts on your deathbed was, I wish I would have written that book. See, all these things are tragic, but it's possible for you to reach your big dream and be a number one best-selling author. When the book heals the author, the book heals the reader. And this is a powerful concept because when books heal the reader, they sell and they go number one bestseller. So I'm starting this movement of healing through writing and using the breakthrough session to release the root cause of writer's block, that procrastination, that loss of motivation when you started writing your book or you had the idea and you never started. There's one-on-one coaching calls, weekly homework and accountability. After a comprehensive health assessment, we build habits and systems and goals to keep you on track. There's MP3 guided meditations, one-on-one hypnosis. And then I really teach you how to get published, how to self-publish, or publish with my company, Mountain Mind Tricks Publishing. Then you leverage your book on podcasts, talk shows, speaking engagements, and you manifest that prosperity and passive income you're really looking for in your business. So I want you to check out BreakthroughWritersBlock.com and join the Healing Through Writing movement. It'll be the best thing you've ever done in your life because writing a book will completely change everything. So go to BreakthroughWritersBlock.com Again, that's BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Welcome to the podcast today, and I'm so excited for my guest. Uh, we're just going to go super deep into intimacy, into sexuality, into tantric healing, all sorts of things that I am going to explore myself live here on the podcast. And and uh, my guest name is uh, Carrie Cust, and she's an intimacy coach. And Carrie, could you introduce yourself, kind of let people know what you do? And and to start out with, I want to hear like how you got into being an intimacy coach and like what that journey was like. Sure, absolutely. Um, so yes, I call myself an intimacy coach. So I work with both women and couples and sometimes men pop in there as well. And I work with... Uh, women on dropping back into their bodies, into their femininity, and knowing the gifts of that femininity and the power that comes from owning your sensuality. And with couples, I really look at the dynamics between the the masculine and feminine, getting them deeper, um, more deeply connected, better communication, and getting them to a place where, you know, sex isn't a chore. They're, you know, instead of having sex, they're making love again. And so that's sort of it in a nutshell. And, you know, the, one of the main questions I always get is, well, how did you get into this? And it's quite an interesting story because I had quite a normal life. I, you know, was 21 years old and I had met this man and we, you know, did everything that, you know, I thought we should do or I thought that I wanted or, you know, doing everything I thought I should do in order to have sort of the happiness or the life that I wanted and that, that, that would bring me happiness. And so I, you know, went, got the man, went to school, got a good job. I worked in human resources, actually. I was progressing in my career 
and we've just bought in a big house and I had just done everything like check check checked all the boxes and I got there and I was like oh yeah this isn't I'm really not happy I was suffering from depression I thought you know this is this is everything I wanted but this is not what I want and so that was a really hard realization and I made the decision to leave my marriage and it was you know excruciating and after I left that marriage I don't think I really got the lesson that I was supposed to learn and I just sort of naively, naively thought I was like okay eat pray love here we go I'm gonna maybe travel a bit find another man marry him and you know that's it and three weeks after leaving my husband my youngest brother um, died by suicide and it just I mean ripped the foundation out from under me and I had been fortunate enough to have done some inner inner spiritual work and I knew it was like okay something's really trying to get my attention here like I'm really not paying attention I thought I was going one direction in life and obviously I need to be doing something completely different or living differently and so I spent a year doing a lot of um, healing and introspection work and all personal development and just going through all that that loss and that grief and and then I would just over a year after doing that I packed up all my stuff. I got everything down to two suitcases, got rid of everything I owned, quit my job, and I was going to go and work in Australia. Um, and before doing that, I was going to travel around Asia for about three or four months. And I was recommended uh, to go to this yoga school in Thailand. I was like, okay, so I did some traveling. And then I was like, I'm going to go to this yoga school for three months in the Gulf of Thailand. Okay. And when I got there, I had realized that I had stumbled into a tantric community and I was like uh okay uh you know really still very like tight in my body feeling really uncomfortable by that and I was just like what am I oh like looking around at all the women just like now I can see it as like really in their bodies and feeling like their sensuality and exuding like this radiance and and I was really uncomfortable by it at first and then I had, after everything I'd been through, I was like, you know what, screw it, when in Rome, here I am, I'm he here for three months, so I might as well delve into, you know, I did do a lot of yoga, but I started taking these tantra workshops, and that was a game changer for me, it totally, it completely changed my life of learning about sexual energy and the power of sexual energy. I mean, I had never even thought about my own sexual sexual energy before. I never had thought about my own pleasure. Um, that was never really on the menu. I never, um, it just wasn't anything that was in the forefront of my mind. And really learning about the power of femininity and the beauty of the masculine feminine dynamics and what happens when we ignite our sexual energy and things that we can experience and how it just ripples into every area of your life and just was the most liberating and empowering thing that I had ever done and still to this day and it was so empowering and so I spent a lot of time there I kept coming back to Thailand and I actually got a chance to live there um, after going back for a few years to live there for a year and a half and I delved into doing everything every teacher training everything that this had changed my life and after I spent about just over three years overseas I decided that you know it was time to come home which is in Calgary Alberta Canada right now and um, to teach this to teach this to couples to women to men because it's just something that I don't think people know that they need and people don't realize the impacts or effects on it so that's a little bit of my story Wow, that is so amazing and thank you so much for sharing and going really deep and, and being open um, to the audience and and I know you went through a lot of hard things and and just thank you for that and and I'm curious I um there's so much to talk about but I'm curious um because I always want to hear from other people of like what was the modality that kind of you talked about this maybe year of healing work and and personal development was was there a breakthrough there or was it really the major major breakthrough was in this tantric community that really taught you how to to liberate yourself and, and get into that sexual energy, right? Is that where the real breakthrough come or came or was there like a some sort of healing modality that helped you really go through that really hard time with grief? 
Well, I think there, yes, there was about a year, just a little over a year of a lot of healing before I had gone to Thailand. And, you know, I, my, at first my body, you know, was obviously a couple of very traumatic events happening back to back. So there was a lot of grief to process. So, um, I didn't delve into my sexual energy during that year. There's a lot of healing, a lot of processing grief and looking at forgiveness and, you know, anyone who know who's, you know, lost someone really close and dear to them knows that when something like that happens, it's like you're processing the grief, but then all this other stuff comes up of just, you know, mother, father, inner child, all that, you know, good stuff that and when any, anyone has dealt into personal development work knows that it pops up, right? And something that needs to, that is, you know, that we have to look at. And so I did a lot of work with a woman who is still my mentor to this day. And it was a lot of like healing and, you know, emotional intelligence and breath work and just getting to my, getting myself to a place that was more healed, where I just felt more healed and more available to sort of the next chapter of my life. And I did during that year actually go to Bali for a few weeks and experience sort of the magic that is Ubud Bali. And that really changed something as well, but there was no real, nothing had really quite, I guess, liberated or empowered me in a way that Tantra did, or when I was in that Tantra community, that was, I mean, that the healing work I had done before that was very powerful, but the, you know, working with sexual energy was a whole other ball game. Wow. Oh, I love that so much. And, and, um, I, I guess my other question too is, is when people hear tantric, they think of sex for long hours and like, there's no orgasms. Like, it's just like everybody, I don't really know. There's like a, this stigma about it, right? A tantric sex or even the word sex, I think in American culture, it's so interesting because, um, there's like even the word sex alone has a lot of connotation and, and a lot of weight to it. it. Doesn't even need to be there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, sex is loaded with shame, loaded with shame. And so for anyone to own their sexuality or sensuality and to really show that to the world is met with a lot of judgment because we have so much shame around it or people go to the other extreme where they're high they're hiding and suppressing it and it comes out in really um unhealthy ways so i mean sex is loaded with shame and you know what i know is if you really want to know who you are it's like look at your sex and your money those two things hold a ton of shame, but there's a lot of opportunity once you start to delve in and um, look at your relationship with those two things. There's, yeah, a huge opportunity for growth. We'll put it that way. There's a lot, there are a lot of loaded topics and sex is definitely, um, yeah, loaded with shame. And a lot of people really don't want to look at it. It's even people who, you know, value personal development and spiritual development, it's like, you know, if we really want to come into this wholeness place as humans, it's like we have to look at our sexuality because it's a part of being human. No one would be here without sex. And so, um, but that can be a really, you know, challenging subject because it's so loaded with shame and, you know, ancestral stuff in our own childhood and everything. And, and so it's a very, um, yeah, it's a, it's a loaded subject to say the least. Right, right. And, and tantric, like, can you explain more what that word even means? Like, I know it comes from like the Vedic world. It's, it's almost like a, um, like a part of, of yoga, really. Um, I would love to hear more of exactly what tantric is. And, and I'm sure the audience is, wants a really clear definition too. Yes. Yeah, so tantra essentially is a spiritual path. So in the West, we have sort of made it all about sex. So, but the true in its origin, Tantra is a spiritual path and one that doesn't negate the world, but embraces the world. And Tantra, Tantra actually means to, to warp or to like a web. That means that everything is interconnected in our life. So once we start to it's sort of that saying of like how we show up in one area is how we show up in all areas. So when it's like everything in manifestation is interconnected. And so we, we look at that and we see that. And so Tantra 
goes into the world rather than if you grew up in any sort of religious household where it's like, you know, there's all this sin and things that should be pushed away. Tantra kind of flips that on its head. It's like, no, the world isn't a distraction. It's something that you can f seek and find the divine through manifestation. So, and because it doesn't negate any of our, anything that is world, 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 wordly, excuse me, worldly, um, it embraces sex as well. And the truth is, is that sex is really a small piece of Tantra. There's a whole spectrum. Like you said, there's yoga, you know, working through the body. There's bhakti yoga where there's chanting and, you know, and um, devotion from the coming from the heart. It's like we use sort of the sound and the music and the senses to go through the senses to go through and experience the divine that way, rather than negating the world and saying, no, we just need to go to the, you know, this divine place. So that's Tantra sort of flips that on its head a little bit more. And it's really, because most people in our our society don't want to give up so those worldly pleasures and things that we enjoy in our relationships and our pleasure and you know having good food. It's like, well, we can, it's like making everything like a spiritual practice. And Tantra is a really hard thing to define, but that's sort of in a nutshell. It's just how everything is connected and how the world, every everything can be experienced. You can experience the divine through everything. Wow. I love that. And it's almost how the native Americans would see consciousness and everything in the rock and the blade of grass and in themselves and the fish and the river. Like, yeah, I really, I really resonate with that. And, and uh, I'm curious, is the Karma Sutra come out of Tantra or is that different? And I think most people, when they hear that word, um, it's almost like, oh, that's the book with all the positions, right? But right. is right is the Karma Sutra involved in Tantra? No. So the um, Kama Sutra is something that's separate. I mean, you can have tantric sex and do the positions that are shared in the Kama Sutra, um, but it isn't Tantra. So what Kama Sutra was, was, you know, we have to go back a long time and like, you know, if we're thinking India in the 12th or 13th century, you know, there was, you know, the rules were no premarital sex and all this stuff. And so you get to, you know, you married this woman, you married this man and you're at, you know, your first night together and it's like, okay, now go have sex. It was, Kama Sutra was a manual for householders. Like, how do we do this? When it was shut off for so long, it's like, well, now that you're married, kind of go forth. So that's really what Kama Sutra um, was. So it's not, um, it's not Tantra. Okay, awesome. And and so I really want to go deeper into like um, sexual energy. And, and uh, I think from what I'm understanding about kind of what we talked about before, you know, off air and, and also what you're kind of alluding to here is that um, when we have this interaction with our partner, it's almost if we're open to it, there's this mingling of like energy there's this mingling of divine energy and there's a possibility to have this almost energy healing experience, right? Yes. So, you know, in order to, first thing, when we start to have tantric sex, it's like we, we really have to be aware of our energy. And so, you know, there's things that we, you know, as individuals that we can do to start to activate our energy. And for women, it can be a little more challenging to start to perceive pleasure and energy. And so it's starting to, it's like, if we're in this example, we're talking about, you know, two partners sort of coming together. It's like the build up being, being aware of like feeling your sexual energy and in tantric, tantric sex, it's really important to, for that, that build up is really key, the build up and the prolonging, which for women, that is a lot easier because with women, we're like the pot of water on the stove. We take a while to boil, but once we're hot, we're hot for a long time. And men are more sort of the flame where it's like they're instantly hot, but we got, we got a, but it can go out really quickly. And so once we start to get in this place where we're concentrating on our sexual energy, we can feel it build up. We're feeling in this case, we're feeling arousal and we feel that this, you know, the woman is warming up, the man is prolonging. And what's happening is that we're in this heightened state for a lot longer. And if we're aware of energy and aware that we can move our energy out. So if anyone's familiar with the chakra system, you know, our sexual energy lives a lot in our lower, mostly lives in our lower body. And it's, and 
we want to, that's a good thing, but what we want to do is sublime it, bring it up through the body. So maybe bringing it, just imagining it come up to the heart and bringing it, all this energy up. And when you're experiencing this as two people and both people are, you know, um, building their energy, feeding off of the other person's energy, you can feel this heightened state and you're aware and you're bringing it up and focusing on your heart, focusing on your throat, then we can actually slip into altered, like altered states of consciousness. So we're just, you know, oftentimes in tantric sex, I have, or and the people I've known, it's just like, well, where did I go just there? And you're looking at your partner and it's like, we're going beyond the surface. We're going beyond the ego of what we see. And we start to really experience each other as like divine energy. We look through, it's called transfiguration. We look through the physicality and really see that person as their true source. And then there can be a, a merging a coming together of that energy and it's like you're experiencing the divine together so it can actually be a really um i mean talk about intimacy but also a very spiritual experience wow i love that so much and and i think i've always felt that of like there's there's so much energy during sex and there's so much going on and and i guess um to get really personal here like here's i want to ask you a question about about my own sex life and and i think um like there's, I think there's a proper way for prolonging for the male, right? And, and it, it's something that I can do, but at the same time, I think it somehow is blocking energy or my partner like knows that I'm trying to prolong it, right? It's almost like you're, you're blocking something there and it's, it's not as enjoyable for the other partner or for me sometimes, because it's so like holding back the energy of, of not being um, done so quickly, right? Um, but like, how do you, how do you do that without blocking the energy? Right. Right. So, you know, oftentimes when we're, especially as men, it's like when there's an arousal and there's a lot of energy, it's sort of like a balloon around your genitals, right? There's like this, and then it's just like some men just want the release and, and, and instead of sort of holding back or holding back from that energy, we want to begin to move it up your body so instead of like oh this is getting a bit intense I sort of need to take I guess my foot off the gas you know pull back from it it's like it's really important for men to start to be aware and feel that energy and have um, tools to bring that up in your to sublime that energy so you're not pushing it away or it's too much and holding off and or, you know, maybe coming too fast or just, no, I can't go there just yet. Uh, learning to really sublime the energy. So bring it up through your body. So it's not like a balloon around your genitals. It's like now coming up to your heart, now coming up to your throat. So using that, so not pushing it away, but using that and bringing it up through the body. And so, and it's important that you know, you mentioned for men, because it is very different for men and women. There are fundamental differences. So in tantric sexuality, there's a few things. You need to perceive pleasure. You need to be able to control the pleasure and you want to sublime it. So what's tricky is that women have a harder time perceiving pleasure. It takes a little bit of time. Men are very good at perceiving pleasure. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm turned on. And then controlling the pleasure. Women are really good at that. Men, this is where they have a little bit of challenge. And we both have to learn to sublime our energy. So we just have to look at those differences and know and be aware of them. And that's so when we come to have sex with our partner, we're having a sexual interaction. You know, this is where communication is really important. They're talking about, you know, I will, this is, you know, I'm practicing tantric sexuality or this is what I'm doing or, and having a really supportive partner, especially for men, because it can be, um, you know, that sexual energy is very powerful and can be challenging to control, especially um, when it's something that is controlling is something that's very new. Right. Oh, that's so awesome. And so this is something I've been doing intuitively, I would say, is like bringing that energy up into my heart. Um, more, I think maybe more the solar plexus area. So maybe I can bring it more into my heart. But also I was like, after trying this for maybe a couple of months, like six months, I started getting like um, testicular pain. And of course I was like a little worried about that. But then I really focused on like, well, what if I like 
really let go of that energy, like really let go at the end and focus on the energy and all of that pain went away. It was really amazing. I don't know if that's something that Tantra talks about or or if you've heard other men talk about that before, like almost stuck energy, right? Yeah. So how can I ask you a personal question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you're talking about sort of let the energy go, are you talking about ejaculating? Um, yes, but also like really focusing on like a full blown, like energy release through the penis, right? Like this yeah. major release, like almost like, um, gosh, I know it's so stereotypical, but like a fire hose getting turned on, not right. necessarily ejaculation, like, Yes, that's happening, but also like energetically. Right. So there's a couple things there. So, you know, when, so uh, also another sort of fundamental piece, a very important piece in tantric, tantra and tantric sexuality is this idea, it's called brahmacharya. So it's about containing your energy. So if you go to traditional tantric house, they're going to tell you, okay, no more ejaculation. Now in the West, not every man is open to that. However, what you're talking about is also really important, is also really key, because even if you choose to ejaculate, once you begin to prolong the orgasm, prolong the ejaculation, and you're in that heightened state, that orgasmic state for a lot longer, you're prolonging it and being in that sort of that pleasurable state, that heightened state for a long time. And if you still choose to ejaculate, it is going to be more pleasurable. Because we want to, because you're because that pleasure has been building. So yes, there are, you know, there are, I know men and have been with men who can bypass ejaculation and still have an orgasm. And that's where you begin to mimic um, uh, a female orgasm where you can have multiple, but also it's very powerful and very, still very impactful just to prolong. And then once you make the choice to ejaculate, then you can ejaculate. So that is, Yes. So that's what you're talking about. You were prolonging. So you're in that pleasurable state for a lot longer. So when there is a release, it's going to be pleasurable rather than sort of the stereotypical orgasm that, you know, um, very stereotypical where it's like the guy's hard and then comes really fast. It's like, we want the prolonging. We want to be in that pleasurable, that orgasmic state for a lot longer. And that's where, when we're in that energy for a lot longer, it's just like something shifts the energy that heightened energies in our body for a lot longer. So that, that I think that's what you're um, talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, so why not bring this energy into the third eye or crown chakra? And I, I'm, I'm just want to be curious, like, I want to know, understand the boundaries. Like, is that something, is that more advanced or do you not teach that? Or maybe you do. And, and I'm just curious on why not bring the energy to the third eye? Um, no, you could definitely can do that and do it, send it up to your heart tra- or excuse me, your crown chakra. So that's absolutely allowed. And that is really, you know, that's really the goal is to sort of get up to that crown chakra, that getting to that place of oneness. Um, it can be, especially if we're talking about people where this is very new and starting to even be aware and feel energy and being able to feel our heart, it's still it's just like a good, it's just a good stepping stone, but yes, the ultimate goal, like put it up to your third eye, put it up to the crown. That's, that's really what ideally we want. We want to get to that place where we're David data talks about giving fuck to God. And so that's, um, yeah, so that's absolutely, that really is the goal. Sometimes it's just when we first start of like, especially if we're doing, wanting to do a lot of healing to bring it up to our heart. It can be, that energy can be really healing at that level as well. So there's benefits at, you know, at every stage, but yes, we want to get to that place, but there's still, once you bring all that powerful energy into your heart, it's like, that can be really powerful too. Oh, that's so beautiful. And so, um, I guess, is it, is it possible to, for somebody to have kind of a Kundalini experience or have this, like you're saying a totally altered altered consciousness experience almost um i mean when i'm thinking about this in my past with kundalini things i think um gosh i think the both people could have that almost out of body experience at that point that is like i mean psychedelic and also completely earth shattering literally right yeah like it can really 
when we tap into that sexual energy, because sexual energy is so powerful. I mean, if we look at what it's doing unconsciously in our world, you know, it's like, wow, if we were more conscious of that and we could, of that energy and we could channel it, like imagine what we could do. So if two people are really conscious about that energy and wanting and, you know, wanting to take it above the level, the level of consciousness that in, in the chakras is more around the genitals. Um, if we want to bring that up, it's like our whole our whole level of consciousness changes. The energy is literally being heightened. So we're, we're out of sort of the day-to-day life. We're not, you know, it's not just pleasure for our own sake. It's like, there's something that we're experiencing that's higher and deeper and more elevated. And because we're moving that up our body into the chakras. So people, sometimes people are like, well, what are chakras? But you know, they're also level, they're levels of consciousness. So when we bring that energy up to, let's say our heart, to our throat, to our third eye, to our crown, it's we, we start to experience that level of consciousness, which is much higher than the level of consciousness that we're in day to day. So this is why it can be so transforming because it's like, we're while we're being raised above that and we're seeing through that and we're really being in touch with sort of the sacredness of ourselves, our partner and experiencing like divine energy and starting to, and we're just, our whole body is more elevated in our emotional states. And that's how it's so impactful. It's just like every layer and level of our being is impacted when we take that sexual energy and we rise it up to the top half of our body. Wow. And so, um, I, I guess the other thing I'm curious about is, is what, what do you recommend after sex for maybe grounding or like coming down off this experience? Is there something that you recommend? Like, I obviously want to prolong this, this amazing sexual energy, but is there something that you talk about or recommend to, to clients about kind of um, bring our energy back down or grounding or anything like that? Yeah, so it it is something that's you know when we can have these heightened states, it can we can you know get a little um, airy or feel out of it or feel ungrounded because we just had a really heightened state. And so, what I find, and this is a generality, but what I find is that with men, that energy is so powerful, and so it's really important for men to ground. Like both men and women will need to need to ground I find more so men do because that when we're talking about you know the chakras women you know if the chakras were like a pole and we had the root chakra at one and the crown chakra at the other men are more at the top half and women at the lower half this is why we have you know um if you look at the shape um of women's like the hips there's more energy in the in those lower chakras so once we start to ignite that sexual energy it's it can be a lot more sometimes overwhelming for men so coming back down and grounding so things that help you ground are drinking water sitting down and doing a grounding exercise so there's things on youtube of just like if you're standing imagining roots come out from your feet or if you're sitting on your bum um, roots coming up from your root chakra down to the core of the earth and doing a grounding exercise like that using palo santo or sage to really ground yourself and yes continue to drink lots of water so oftentimes when that energy because that energy is so strong and can be overwhelming especially when we're new or starting it we do when we come back it's like we really want to ground and we really want to um kind of regulate ourselves and come back down to the earth and not, you know, make big life decisions of like, Oh, now I'm going to go and live in this tantric community and abandon my, you know, we want to come back and be grounded and centered and knowing that what we experienced was really powerful, not forgetting that, but still it's important to be grounded. Oh, that's so awesome. And, and so I'm, I also want to ask kind of after, like at this point, um, is there a tendency for people to kind of have their energies mixed together still, or is there a process for making sure like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm me and, and my partner is, is who they are. Or like this energy exchange isn't still going on, or is that something you want? Maybe you want the energy exchange to still be there to have that energy connection. I'm just curious on um, what you recommend with, um, you know, the energy mingling and what you do afterwards. Okay, so what what I would say kind of before that 
is that what can happen, especially because uh, sex and sexual energy and ple pleasure are really powerful. And oftentimes we talk about tantric being a really slippery, tantric sex being a real slippery slope because it is so easy to drop into our, our own pleasure and forget sort of what the ultimate goal is. And it is these heightened states to be one with God. And so what's important about when we start to tap into our sexual energy and our pleasure is to, to know and have, you know, also have individual experiences and practices of your sexual energy so that you don't make the association. Like if I'm with, you know, um, a man that I'm having sex with, I know that the, it's important for me to know and have the experience of that pleasure that I'm, that I am seeking is mine. And it's not, oh, it's not this external thing. It's not because of him that I'm feeling this. This is, he's, we're in an experience where it's like my own energy is being ignited. That's where it can get a little messy where, you know, there's this external attachment of like, well, you make me feel this way. You give me this pleasure. I didn't have this before. It's like having the experience and the knowing, the knowledge, the awareness that, no, that pleasure is mine. So that's really, um, so that we sort of stay in line and we don't have some external sort of kind of messy attachments. And in terms of the mixing of energy, it's like that can be, you know, you know, if a couple is having sex and they're sort of this, they're having this heightened experience and they're, you know, experiencing this, you know, this beautiful divine um, energy and this heightened state that they haven't experienced before and this coming together. It's like, that's really beautiful. And then, but where things get messy is where we have that attachment. So coming back to your own practice, to your own energy is really important. And women tend to be a lot, the feminine is more receptive than the masculine. That's receptive and emissive. And so sometimes as women, we can hold on to energy and of, you know, past partners and sort of like there's this imprinting of this energy. And so it's good just, this is why, you know, these tantric experiences with a partner are really beautiful and elevated and like divine and sacred. And it's really important to have your own practice and really come back to your, I guess, your own whole state of knowing that that power and that pleasure is your birthright and, and that's yours. No one else sort of gave that to you. And then, so we're coming together from a, a healthier place. Right. Oh, that's, yeah, I love that. That's amazing advice. And, and I think, um, you know, I think there's this major societal thing for men where like, um, we have to pleasure the female without coming. Right. And there's like, I think there's, um, and I think that's important. And it's also, there's times when I know like I'm not pleasuring myself as much as I could be because I'm so focused on, on the partner. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious on like your, what you've seen or what you recommend for that of like, it's, it's almost like you're blocking yourself right at that point. But like, yeah, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I think with, you know, men and women and the, how you ask the question, it's like with, from a male perspective, it is, it's really difficult to know how to pleasure a woman when a, uh, with a, when a woman isn't really aware of what brings her pleasure. And so for women, it's starting to look at, to know it's like, okay, pleasure is your birthright. If we look at sort of the anatomy of um, our sexual organs, it's like we are designed for pleasure. Um, we can have multiple orgasms. There's many places that we can have orgasms from. And so being aware of that and starting to connect in more to your body so that you can give so that you, first of all, you can, you know, that you can experience pleasure on your own and also so you can guide your partner because a lot of times, you know, with, with men, especially with women, it's ever changing. It's like, you have sex with a woman and it's like, you do that same position the next day. And it's like, Oh no, it's painful. It's like, we're, you know, the whole, not just sexually, but the whole nature of the feminine is ever changing. So for women, if we know our bodies and we know what brings us pleasure, then we can guide our partner a lot better. And then the experience, and then the experience is um, more pleasurable. And we can also get into a place where you're communicating about it. So oftentimes, 
you know, people aren't giving those kind of details or talking about this, what, this is what I like. This is what makes me feel good. It's like, this is what brings me to orgasm or this is what helps me. This is what turns me on. And so it's for both men and women, it's starting to sort of own your own pleasure and not kind of putting that on someone else to do. And so being able to have awareness where it's like you can guide and all that stuff. And and for men, you know, men and women, neither of us are really good at receiving. Men really aren't good at receiving. And so it's starting to, for men to really just give themselves permission that they can, you know, ask for certain things or, you know, I mean, I've learned both, uh, you know, tantric, uh, like lingam massage, which is penis massage or um, yoni massage for women. It's like, but starting to like, what does that look like to really prolong and pleasure a man rather than, you know, just it's all about the woman and then you just come sort of thing. So it's just starting to really give, um, yeah, permission to receive pleasure. And yes, it's, we can get pleasure from giving pleasure. That's really important. But we also both want to receive. And so when it's just on one end, that's where, yeah, things can just be out of balance. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, such an amazing topic. And, and, um, I guess I'm, I'm curious, is there, is there any direction that you want to take this conversation? Cause um, I don't have any more questions right now. I'm sure as soon as you start talking like, Oh yeah, I want to ask that. But, um, what's another direction we can go with this conversation? Well, I think that there's a lot of relationship dynamics that are things that, you know, Tantra has taught me, and I don't think a lot of people are aware of. So when we think about a relationship, you know, a big fundamental piece in um, in Tantra is polarity. So the we both have masculine and feminine energy within our beings. Um, yeah, and then, but then there's also a reality to that of what that looks like in day to day. So like, for instance, you know, I want to, so we can have two things. So when we're in a relationship, we can have a relationship issue and relationship is all based on sameness, similar values. Um, do we like, are we going in the same direction? It's like the commonalities, that sort of thing. And then there's, can be a polarity issue. So oftentimes I hear it's like, Hey, we have a great relationship. I love him. I love her. But it's just like that spark just isn't there. It's like, I don't have any real desire to, um, you know, throw down to like rip each other's clothes off and have sex. And so what can be tricky, which a lot of people don't, aren't aware of is that what makes for good, for a good relationship, that sameness going in the same direction, commonalities is the exact opposite of what works for polarity. Polarity needs space. It needs differences. Think about you know, the, I think we're all familiar with the beginnings of a relationship and how easy it is to have that polarity of wanting to tear each other's clothes off. Or we see, you know, the good girl with the bad boy. It's like those differences are such a spark and it's like the sex is great. And so what, what we need to be aware of is like, yes, you can have a great relationship, but that we can sometimes experience where that sort of spark is gone. But a lot of people don't know that 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 spark can actually be created quite quite easily, but it's the opposite of what we need for a relationship. So if we're really intimate and we're touching and we kiss and it's like, but the, that desire isn't there. It's like instead of having a date night or having more um, time together, it's like maybe there needs to be a pulling apart. So maybe their desire needs space and maybe the man goes off and does his kind of manly things and really gets in his masculine energy and that the woman goes off and does things that make her feel really feminine and radiant. And then we have these two charged poles and then there's a coming together and that's where you kind of want to have where the desire is and there's a little bit more throwdown and spark to, to have sex with your partner. And so I think that's something that a lot of people don't know. And then, the, and then there's just things that are different between men and women and dynamics of, you know, in the relationship. And I think if people knew more about, um, you know, the way that just the way the feminine is and the way the masculine is, it's like, it would be such a, re a relief just to know that it's like, we wouldn't have to take everything personally. It's like, Oh, 
he's not doing that just to piss me off. And it's like, she's not doing that just to, it's like, she's the fem, she's in, she's in her feminine and he's in his masculine. And if we knew, I think if every relationship knew that they would, there would sort of be a, a big sigh of relief. Wow. So it really comes down to like communication and understanding and charging those polarities to come together to have amazing sex, right? Yeah, definitely. And just, and, and even, even in the dynamics of day to day, just to know that, you know, sometimes as women, we make our man like almost like talk to him, like we talk to a girlfriend and it's just, it's, it's different. It's just, there's, there's fundamental differences between the masculine and feminine. And so, and that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that both have, both are different, but have an equal value. So things like the masculine really values like power, competency, efficiency, achievement, and the masculine feels love most strongly when it's expressed in the form of like trust, appreciation, admiration, approval, and encouragement. And you know, the, the feminine really values love and communication, beauty, relationships. And the feminine feels more love, love most strongly when, when it's expressed in like caring or understanding or adoration and validation and that reassurance. So that is, those are just fundamental differences that if we're just aware of that, it's like, oh, okay, this is just how the masculine rolls. This is how the feminine rolls. Okay. And, and, um, and that can just be, make things a lot easier. So I think there's, um, there's kind of a hype word or people use the word a lot without a ton of understanding, I think. And I would just love to get your idea on like love languages or what that means, or if you're familiar with that of like, how can we use love languages to like really impact our relationship and our sex life? So I think love languages is really good. And so, and having that awareness, what I find I run into, and this has just been my experience in the last little while is people are talking like, 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 let's say I'm in, so my love language, I have words of affirmation and affection. So it's like compliment me and like touch me and hug me. And I feel loved. That's sort of my language. And then let's say I'm in a relationship with a man and his uh, love language is quality time. And so it's good to be aware. It's like, okay, so because I have words of affirmation and affection, it's like, I'm really complimenting my partner and I'm really touching him. But then for him, it's like, he doesn't receive love in that way. So what I find is a little bit of a mix up with people is they'll be aware of their partner's love language of like, let's say quality time. And it's like, okay, they want to spend all this quality time with me. That's how they show love. It's like, okay, that's true. But really what comes, what's important about love language is for you to adapt, to show your partner that you love them in the way that they receive love rather than maybe you receiving love in a way that, um, is not in the way that you receive it. I'm not sure if I'm being really clear. So if I have a partner who's quality time and all he's doing is wanting to spend time with me, wanting to spend time with me, but I'm not getting any sort of compliments or affection, I'm not going to be experiencing love because that's sort of makes me feel loved. That's my love language. And so instead of me looking at, oh, well, that's how he shows love. It's really about adapting to your to your partner so for me receiving compliments and words of affirmation and affection and then instead of me giving him you know compliments and words of affirmation me adapting to like okay I am going to spend time with you because that's how you feel loved right so we want to make sure that you know our love language is also still being met so that's can sometimes be people think oh well that's how he or she shows it so okay it's like but no we still have a need for in, this, in my case, affection and words of affirmation. So making sure that both needs are being met. Right. Oh, that's amazing. And and I think I'm actually get really personal because I think it's it's just awesome. And, and I think for me, like my love language is, is like um, maybe the dishes or laundry, like my partner does that. It feels like oh, she loves me so much. And also um, for me, I think the biggest love language is, is like sex, like that affection. And I'm curious, like, 
is that really common in most men? Like the actual sexual act is is more the love language for for more the the masculine. Yeah. So what I would say about that, and this is a, I'm glad you brought this up because this is a key difference. So with the feminine, in order for us to open sexually in that way, we need to feel loved, sort of leading up to it. So this is where, you know, I talk about for women, foreplay starts, all foreplay is all day. So it's like, were you complimenting? Were you checking in on her? You know, were you making things easier for her? So she feels love. She needs to feel loved in that whole lead up before there's the opening. Before she opens her heart, before she opens her legs. She needs to feel sort of that love and that safety. At the core, women want to feel safe. They want to feel that love, that safety, that that adoration, all that stuff. They need to feel all that in order to call, in order to open heart and legs. Okay, and in the opening, that is where the masculine feels loved. So this is where it's a bit of a tricky dance. So it's something that we just want to be aware of. So yes, so in that opening, like that is the greatest gift to a man for it to cause that opening and to feel her heart and to feel her body and to see her in pleasure. And like that, again, that's the greatest gift for a man. But there's just that funny dance. Like, yes, they really feel loved in that moment, the masculine, but the, the feminine needs that whole lead up in order for the opening to be there. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, yeah, the way you're describing that, it's it's not the actual sexual act. It's like the surrendering to me as a masculine yeah. energy, right? Yeah, that's so yeah, true. Absolutely. And and for men, it's really important. To, it's like you can't ever tell a woman to surrender to you. You need to inspire it with your presence. Right. And, you yeah. know, with your verticality and with your sort of that structure and clarity that you provide. And it's just like that pull that's like no matter what I'm – you know, I'm here and I'm sort of this stable structure. And it's like, that can be really erotic for, and, um, for, for a woman. Yeah. So like, how do you have any, um, maybe kind of where can people start with Tantra sex? Like, um, what's kind of the basics or some tips that like they can try with their partner? Yeah. So uh, one is like, there needs to be awareness. So if we're, we're having sex and we're not aware of our, of sexual energy, then that would be a good place to start. So especially, so it's going to be a little bit different for men and women. So for women, it's like, you know, number one, speaking your needs. So maybe it's like you need a lot of time for the buildup. Okay. And starting to really, it's like that analogy I used earlier, like the pot of water. It's like that the women take a long time to boil. So it's like, as for women, it's like taking that time and maybe even before just like doing um hip rotations like kind of not like a pelvic like a pelvic tilt instead of like a thrusting motion and starting to dance and move and just starting to really feel the energy around in your hips and between your legs and starting to just like feel that and become aware of it and then so that when you're with your partner and you're maybe moving your body in a way and moving your hips and pressing up against him it's like and you can really tap in and start to feel the energy there because if we're unconscious of it, then, you know, we got really nothing to work with, right? So just when we start to move our body and starting to feel sort of that energy sort of um, that maybe was stagnant for a while, starting to move and kind of wave through. And so that's really important of just the, the perception and the building for women. And with men, it's starting to be aware of how to sort of bring up your energy. So when you're feeling energy... So, um, things that I tell my male clients is when you're starting, when you're wanting to start to prolong the orgasm, if you think of zero as like 0% is like not turned on at all. And hundred percent is like ejaculating. Okay. You want, once you get to like 80, you sort of want to take a few breaths and start to maybe bring it down to like 60. And this helps you to become aware of your energy. And because oftentimes men are like, well, what's 80%? It's like, that's what, that's what you have to figure out and starting to, can you bring that down to 60 and then bring it back up? And that, that helps with your ability to control your energy. And so that's a really good place to start, especially if you're in a couple for you both to do that. 
Oh, that's amazing. And, and um, where can people find you? Where can they get in touch with you? How can you coach them to have the best sex of their entire life? Well, I offer, I have a website. Um, it's kerrycust.com. So K-E-R-R-I-C-U-S-T. And I have a free uh, one-hour consultation for me, um, people to um, connect with me and see sort of what they're going through. Can I help or give some tips and all that great stuff. So um, I do individual one-on-one um, coaching as well as um, some workshops that are coming up. So, um, and for couples as well. So uh, yeah, they can get in touch with me through my, um, through my website. Oh, that's so awesome. And, and for everybody listening, if you know, maybe your love life is a little stuck or the spark is gone, like, please reach out to Carrie. She is a master of this, as you can tell from this interview of um, really helping you get that spark back and having that sex life that that uh, maybe was there for the first little while, but it's gone. And, and, and I think the sex, it's not just about the pleasure. It's about the relationship, the divinity, the energy. Like there's so much more going on than just um, than just coming, right? Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. And I love this demystifying sex and really talking about it in a spiritual way because um, like you said, it's so loaded with shame. And I think the more we talk about it, the better we'll all feel about it and be more open to actual true whole body pleasure. Right. Yeah. And coming and bring, coming more into wholeness with it of owning that part of our, part of ourselves. Cause there's a real, when we start to own our sexual energy and, you know, utilizing it in a more healthy way or not sort of, um, leaking sexual energy or you know it's it's activated within our being it's like there's this for women there's like this there's this radiance and with men there's like this verticality and it's like both masculine and feminine when they ignite their sexual energy there's such a magnetism and it's like there's no doing or getting anything it's just like people come to you because it's like whoa what do you got and it's like and so it's such a powerful thing that can be used for yeah just you know it's really the most it's really helped me to evolve and go to a whole new level of, um, of who I am and how I present myself in the world and how I feel about myself and experiencing pleasure and attracting and all that stuff. It's just, it's a very powerful, yeah, modality. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I know, you know, you're not necessarily a doctor, but I would love to hear your opinion on like, you know, the spiritual world. Like you said, some people are like, oh, you should never ejaculate. Um, you know, and like, I would say there's a lot more medical stuff that says, oh, well, it's really healthy for your immune system and all that. Like, what's a really healthy um, kind of schedule for ejaculation, if you will, for men? Like if, I don't know if that's something you've researched or something that you've come across before, but I would love to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, there's a little bit of, there's conflicting research. So some people say, okay, you have to ejaculate at least, you know, a few times a week or it's not healthy but where it gets a little tricky is that I mean there there are men who are you know bypass ejaculation and still experience orgasm without ejaculation because they are two separate things but there haven't been a lot of tests done uh, none that I'm aware of of men that don't ejaculate so it's like okay so if men are practicing sort of non-ejaculation what do if you test them, what does that look like? So there's really not a lot of research out there. If you look strictly from the tantric perspective, they will, you know, they'll say, you know, only ejaculate when you want to procreate. And, but then there's a reality to that. Some men that's, they're not open to that and that's okay. So it's just knowing um, what your, what you choose for yourself. So there's unfortunately not a lot of uh, research on, you know, um, quote unquote tantric men who don't, um, who don't ejaculate. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. So um, thank you so much. Is there any other questions that I haven't asked you that you would like to explore or um, anything that you want to touch on that we haven't talked about yet? You know, I just think that um, it's just, a you know, your sexual energy is this untapped resource. And I think, you know, looking at polarity, you know, we're talking a lot about relationship, but it's really for our own personal and self-development, there's such um, a gift in owning our sexuality and igniting our own polarity within our being. So we all have 
masculine and feminine energy within us. So I'm just as much masculine energy as I am feminine energy. And, but there's one that I sort of feel at home in and like to show to the world more and that is my feminine. But for my own personal development, it's like, how can I grow both my inner man and inner woman so I can come to this place of wholeness. And then when I come into relationship, then, you know, and there, you know, there's this, um, wanting to come together in a sexual experience. It's like one partner takes one pole and one partner takes the other. So, so me dropping into my feminine, my partner dropping into masculine, uh, his masculine so that we can come together. But so that's, a you know, a really beautiful thing. But even for us as individuals, it's like having both energies within us is a really important thing just for our own growth and personal development. So, um, you know, that polarity works with us as individuals and also in relationship. And it's just, you know, this path of Tantra and sexuality is really um, empowering and game changing for the individual and also um, for the couple. So it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like putting something, you know, there's just this force behind it when you start to um, uh, work with sexual energy. So it's a really um, powerful thing. Oh, it's so amazing. And, and so, um, you know, if I, if I get this right, like the LGBTQ community, I would love to hear about like this, how, how does a man and a man and a woman and woman come together? And I'm assuming these same principles apply, like these, this same possibility of having amazing sex with whatever your partner is, is totally possible because we're tapping into an energy that's not necessarily defined by our physical gender, right? Right. So when I'm talking about masculine and feminine, I'm talking about masculine and feminine energy. I'm not talking about gender. Like I happen to be a woman and I happen to really enjoy being in my feminine. That's how I, you know, but that's not necessarily the story for anyone else. And so we both, like I was saying before, it's like we both, no matter how we identify, have both masculine and feminine energy between us. Like this is super esoteric. This is going back a long ways. This is not anything new. So we both have that. And so and what I what we've sort of been mostly talking about is in relationship of one partner taking one pole and one partner taking the other. It's like and gender really doesn't matter here, right? So you need someone like a penetrator and a penetratee, if you will. And that can that doesn't matter what gender or how you identify, and it can change in a moment as well. But for that spark to be there, that that law of polarity. Um, having those two different poles coming together um, is needed, but your gender doesn't matter. This is gender. We're talking about we're talking about energy. We're not talking about gender. So how you identify is, is sort of irrelevant, really. It's like we're talking about sort of the dynamics here of of polarity of energy. Yeah, and I think it's so important just to be really clear on the energy because it's it doesn't matter and and. Um, Thank you so much for clarifying that um, for everybody and and for everybody listening. Oh my God, what an enlightening hour this has been. Like, thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on the podcast and just demystifying everything about sex for us in a, in a spiritual, deeper way. And um, I just want to say thank you. You're an amazing human being. And um, thank any last thoughts? No, I just think it's, you know, it can be it, just activating your sexual energy and coming to your sort of own sexual essence of what that looks like for you is, you know, my own story has, you know, been the most liberating and empowering thing I've ever done. And I just hope that people are um, maybe start to inquire around their own sensuality and sexuality, because I think it, it's a real game changer. And um, thank you um, for giving me the opportunity to talk about it, because we delved into a lot of topics that I don't normally delve into. So that was really exciting for me. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And, and for everybody listening, I really hope this conversation just got you a little bit closer to your sacred ancestry, to that feeling that you are a being of light. And because, you know, whatever you think you are, you are so much more than that. And that is our sacred ancestry, who we are at the deepest level of our soul. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next podcast. Are you a new author? 
that's trying to wade through self-publishing of what category should I pick, find the right designer, get an editor, what about the formatting? What's the dimensions that the actual spine of the book have to be? Is it gloss or white paper? There's so many different things that goes on in publishing. And that's why I'm dedicated to helping indie authors that have gone through this healing journey through writing their own book publish that piece of art, publish that amazing work that could help heal others. And here's the thing, is when a book heals the author, the book heals the reader. And this is so huge. I know I say this all the time, but it's so important. And, and I wanna help the world make a huge impact by spreading more books that heal the reader. So if this sounds like you, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com publishing. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com publishing. And if you're wading through should I publish on Amazon? What about Ingram Spark? How do I get my book into bookstores? What should I do to even launch a book? How do I get on podcasts? There's so many things that go into publishing. And again, that's why I'm here for you. I want to publish your book. So if this sounds like you, go to mountainmindtricks.com publishing. Again, mountainmindtricks.com publishing. Do you have perfect health? Could you improve your sleep? immune system or energy levels? What about muscle recovery or detoxing from the fire season? I've been using the essential oils for a few months now and I've been getting perfect sleep. My immune system is top notch and I feel amazing. Essential oils are plant allies that support our bodies in a million different ways. On Guard supports your immune system. Lemon helps you detox the heavy metals from the smoke and the peppermint will release your head tension in seconds. Support your healing journey and go to mountainmindtricks.com slash essential oils. Essential oils are hundreds of pounds of pure organic plant material pressed into a tiny amount of liquid, which means the essential oil is a powerful ally. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash essential oils. That's mountainmindtricks.com slash essential oils. Electromagnetic frequencies, or EMFs, are affecting your body right now. The World Health Organization reports that EMFs can cause headaches, anxiety, depression, nausea, fatigue, loss of libido, and sleep disturbances. What if you could protect yourself from the EMF fogs and the 5G rollouts? I've been trying products from Essential Vibes and I noticed a huge difference. The live blood tests show that your blood flow increases with less globules. You sleep better, have more balance, and the muscle testing proves this. So go to mountainmindtricks.com EMF protection to learn more. I was so impressed with these products, I had to add this to my natural wellness program. So check out Essential Vibes and go to mountainmindtricks.com EMF protection. That's mountainmindtricks.com EMF protection.